You're listening to episode 26 of Daughters on Fire with your host, Robin Arab, and me, Melissa Burton. We are so excited today to bring you my interview with Christine Finnegan. Christine Finnegan is an amazing professional here in Nashville, Tennessee. She is a music therapist turned mental health counselor and owns her own practice, which is called Replenish Her. So she marries both her music expertise and her counseling expertise, and she has this amazing insight on how you can use music to de-escalate anxiety, frustration, overwhelm that is going on in our lives. And specifically, where our worlds have crossed over and is in the world of managing issues related to Alzheimer's and dementia. So we worked together briefly. I was interning during my master's program at a psychiatric hospital. And these music interventions with people who had diagnosis of mostly different types of dementias, but de-escalating them during very stressful times, sundowning, was something that she utilized all the time. So she's going to teach us these techniques. She's going to give us also a breathing exercise, a very beautiful melodic breathing exercise that we can do for ourselves And we can start to incorporate these concepts into caregiving practice. So it might sound a little complicated, but it's not. There are some amazing, simple tips that you can take away and start using immediately. So stay tuned. Are you stressed, burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent? If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors. You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. Welcome back, everyone. This is Melissa Burton, and I'm here today with Christine Finnegan. I'm so excited to interview Christine, and this is going to be an amazing episode. But let me tell you a little bit about her. She began her career as a music therapist, providing group therapy in an inpatient psychiatric hospital. This is actually, I think, where you and I first met, possibly, Christine. I think we were both at this... um, hospital together I was doing my internship were you doing an internship or you worked there at the time I worked there at the time I never interned there it was my first job out of college okay so that was 10 years ago that I was there so we we have our paths have crossed over quite a bit in the last 10 years and this was when we first met Um, But I will continue. After receiving her master's degree in clinical mental health counseling, which was after her career as a music therapist, uh, she went on to provide counseling services at Nashville's Domestic Violence Division with the police department? Yes. And I, I, during that time, had a specialty focus inside of um, domestic violence involved with an elderly. Oh, cool. Very cool. Um, I'm sure you... That's very fascinating, sad, but I'm sure very informative and fascinating mm-hmm. um, stint there. So, and also a residential drug and alcohol program and a women's intensive outpatient program for anxiety, trauma, and depression. And she founded Replenish Her Counseling in 
2016, and she continues to love providing services that help to empower women and teen girls within your community. She is also a mom, a wife. Um, she's a mom of two amazing little girls, one very independent toddler, right? How old is your daughter? Mm-hmm. And Becca's turning three in November. Three and a newborn named Riley. Is that right? Yep. Six months old a couple days ago. Congratulations. So she has her hands full um, and she's just an amazing person with a very unique set of expertise. And that's why I wanted Christine to come on today because the working with older adults, working with lots of women, working with the anxiety um, and trauma and depression and also the music and the counseling perspectives, they all come together to form an amazing insight that benefits our listeners, the actual daughters on fire, but also the insights can go to, you know, when Christine and I were working at the psychiatric hospital together, we were, I think you were on all units, but there are, there were four geriatric units that were dealing with depression in the elderly and dementia and mental health, like psychosis in the elderly. So you have an amazing like depth of information on dealing with older adult issues, aging issues, cognitive issues, as well as the stress and, stress and pressure that's put on women who are often the daughters parenting their parents. So dive right in. We are going to, I think at the end, if, if Christine will oblige us, she's going to give us a little exercise, a little musical exercise, breathing <laughs> technique that will, it, it's so easy to remember and it's so melodic and wonderful that it will carry with you and it will help you um, when you're stressed out. So we will wrap up at the end with a little musical performance by Christine. So jump in, Christine, fill in the blanks of what I've missed and tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for just having me on, Melissa. I am so excited to just share this journey and share this story and just kind of bring a little bit more light into the specific ways that music can help uh, the elderly as well as the caregivers. Um, So as you said, I moved to Nashville in 2016. I got hired on to a psychiatric unit. I was incredibly green. Was it? In 2016? Nope. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a second. We've known each other 10 years now. <laughs> 2010. I'm thinking 2016 is when. We you uh, started your, your started practice. Started Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 2010. See, this is my new mom, fuzzy brain. That's all um, right. <laughs> get my dates wrong. So 2010, I'm really, really green. Um, and they hire me specifically for the dementia unit. That was my first unit that they told me they wanted me to focus on. And the department I got hired into at that time was called the activities department. And so my role and function that I thought starting out was going to be kind of like this just fun, crafty, engaging sort of uh, role that I had had experience with doing in nursing homes all through high school. And little did I know that the dementia floor in an inpatient psychiatric hospital is significantly different from a nursing home. Because it's where all the problematic individuals who can't like be in the nursing home go. (laughs) 
That's yeah, what I learned right away. It's the most acuity. I mm-hmm. and it's and they're all together and so they're feeding off of one another. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going in there thinking, um, some of the interventions that I learned in school were um, like reminiscence activities. So just to give you a little bit of background so that people that don't know about music therapy, music therapy is a profession that you go through a program to learn how to use music as an intervention to meet a goal. And so my goal in the beginning was to really focus on increasing mental engagement, increasing physical activity, increasing mood on the unit using music intervention. And when I got onto the floor, I quickly learned that a lot of the more conversational types of activities that I wanted to be able to do was very difficult because I had so many um, patients with their dementia was so heavily progressed that they couldn't really hold conversation with me. And so that was a very difficult um, beginning in my journey. And so I had to very quickly learn to adapt in what my role and purpose was for that floor. And so long story short, so kind of getting to where I ended up on that floor doing is uh, they would give me groups more towards the end of the day when the patients were going through sundowning. And what I would do is come onto the floor and use music as a skill to help de-escalate the unit. Mm-hmm. So not just the patients, but also my role was there to help de-escalate the nurses because mm-hmm. they'd been at it all day long with very difficult patients that were, you know, throwing punches or grabbing at you or hysterical because they are lost in time and not knowing where they were at. And so every day I would come onto the floor 245 to 315 And I would use an intervention in music therapy known as entrainment. And entrainment is the principle is that, so in physics, every action has this equal and opposite reaction, right? And so entrainment uses this principle where there is a stronger force going on outside of a person's system. Your nervous system is biologically wired to entrain to connect to that force so what that means is if you're watching like a scary movie and you have volume up and the music is uh like you know it's it's increasing your nervous Mm -hmm. system is going to connect and entrain to that and so your heart rate starts to rise you know your blood pressure goes up and so your nervous system is going to connect into what's going on externally so my role as a music therapist on that floor was to help the do the opposite effect everybody was in this more heightened stage emotionally And I can't just go onto that floor and logically talk them through and process how you're feeling. But what I could do is connect to their nervous system. Mm. And so I would go onto the floor, I'd sit in the, the front of the floor, and I would pick music that was first very engaging and stimulating. And I can't tell you. Matching the energy? Yes. 
because to get a nervous system to entrain, you don't want to just immediately start with something really, really slow because you have to help de-escalate the system. And so I would start something more, um, if you know anything about music, there's a thing called beats per minute. Mm-hmm. And so a resting heart rate is more something like 60 beats per minute. And I would pick something a little bit closer to 100 to 120 beats per minute. Like what kind of a song would be at 100 beats per minute? It really didn't. um, I mean, obviously, I picked songs that already had a faster dynamic to it. Was there like Um, an oldie song that you liked that was mm -hmm, faster? mm -hmm. What I'm thinking of right now is um, Hey Good Looking. Oh, yes. (laughs) Hey Good Looking, that one. Yes, so (laughs) So that's a faster one. I would play that, yes, like very upbeat, very, very um, engaging. Mm Mm-hmm. And And nostalgic, so it would tie them in in that way, too. Yes, exactly, because the really fascinating thing about music is that if you are looking at a person's brain on a CAT scan, when you are not listening to music, there are certain areas of your brain that are lit up, but when you put music on, it ignites the entire brain. And so all of a sudden, I am helping also light up areas of the brain that maybe aren't affected by the dementia based Mm. on the type of dementia that they have. And so there's all sorts of neurological connections going on. They're really starting to notice me. They're making eye contact, or maybe they are so slunken down in their seats, they can't make eye contact. But I see that their fingers start matching the beat. I see that their toes are starting to beat. And I know that they are starting to entrain and connect to me. You know what, Christine, this is so exciting, and it reminds me of this presentation that I heard once that was unbelievable, and it just stuck with me. Yours, your presentation. (laughs) Hello, people. This is me. This is the reason why I wanted to get Christine on. When you're telling me about that, it reminds me of when you were talking about lighting up the parts of the brain, the stairway upstairs and downstairs. Music is the one of the only mediums where two parts of your brain connect where they don't before. It's that one thing that unites it all. And tell me if, and this is veering off a little bit, but I know you'll know the answer to this. When people like with Parkinson's have such a hard time walking around, but then when they put on music and they start dancing, their movement's more fluid. It's got to be all connected like that, that it is lighting up more parts of the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so entrainment is actually a principle that they use. Um, so before I worked in patient psych, I did my internship in music therapy in a rehabilitative hospital. And so my goal and role there was to help support the goals of the physical therapists, of the occupational therapists, and the speech therapists. And we had quite a few patients actually that we worked with that had Parkinson's. And we would be with the physical therapist and have these things called paddle drums, which look like uh, tennis rackets, but they're actually the head of a drum. Mm -hmm. And you sit there and you just beat bum, 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 bum. And they're able to start having a more natural cadence in the way that they are walking. Uh, Because a lot of the times with Parkinson's disease, 
the brain isn't firing off uh, correctly to help them know how high to lift their foot or to how not to shuffle. And so music is igniting again that downstairs and upstairs brain, so the different parts of the brain, so that there's a new neuro highway, so new neurons firing off and wiring together that help bring back more of that natural cadence to how they walk. This is fascinating to me but what you're saying with the entrainment is that it's not just like hey it's three o'clock four o'clock and my loved one is starting to go through sundowning it's not like I just go put on some Inya right some real zen music and it will be fine you're saying there's a process and before you actually have to meet them where they are engage them at the higher beats per minute with the music that how you know, we wouldn't intuitively think calm them down by putting on like upbeat music, but that's exactly what you're saying. Start there. And then, then almost like the playlist of what music maybe starts to bring it down a little bit at a time. You slowly bring it down. And this is a principle that I continue to utilize um, within my counseling practice with the women and the teen girls that struggle with anxiety. Cause it's the same it's the same problem. It's, it's the nervous system, right? Mm-hmm. That it's feeling so overwhelmed and so overstimulated. And so you don't keep them there, right? You don't just put on music that's super engaging and have that blast out for an hour. You, you make sure that you are connecting with where they're at. And then you very strategically start bringing the dynamic down, and it's not even just the beats per minute. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. It's literally how much you're pulling warmth in and um, soothingness into it. Like that's all going to have this direct effect to the nervous system. And therefore, if you know much about fight or flight, it's helping them get out of that fight or flight state and feel safe. Do you, so it sounds like it's also not just like, hey, 30 minutes, five minutes of this type of song, this many beats, and then after five minutes you go down a notch. It's not like that. It's not a, a system that it, it one size fits all. You have to entrain with each individual at their pace and their speed and really bring them down mm-hmm. in a very individualistic. How did that work? Except that you're also saying that an individual in a group, the group becomes the personality, not just the individual, because they're all feeding off each other. Exactly, because again, it's this entrainment principle. So it's also about the energy that everybody is feeling inside of the entire dynamic. And so I'm not going to lie, there's some weeks that this did not work, because I might have one patient beating on the front door. I mean, this was a locked unit. And so they might be beating on that door so upset, not understanding where they're at, that it's really difficult for me to calm the others down. But that that doesn't mean, though, that majority of the time this did not work, where everybody is coming together in a community and feeding off of one another. They're singing songs. They're tapping their feet. And I'm really slowly, strategically decreasing even how much I'm singing, sometimes I would start with up, upbeat singing and um, engaging guitar playing. And then by the end of my group, 
I was doing more just acoustic, very slow, melodic playing with mm. little, little use of my voice. And I was honestly like putting them to sleep. Right. <laughs> it's better than Benadryl. Right. So also let me ask you if the dominance of personalities would be something to consider. For example, if somebody goes in and they're not the alpha in the relationship, is it harder for them to influence the, the situation or maybe not like, Hey, dad was always very domineering and I need to go calm down dad. If it's not, dad never listens to me. Maybe it's, I need to have the confidence I need to bring with me the confidence that I can calm him down through this approach. Does that make sense? Like, and I hate to, I hate to tie this into animal behavior, but we are all, you know, we're, we're all different versions. We're all mammals. Right. And so if you study animal behavior, I think some of it can kind of cross over. And so it, I, you always hear in the dog whisper and stuff that you, that the, the, um, human needs to have confidence in guiding and leading is the same thing true with this type of musical intervention that you need to have the confidence that you are leading them and you're going to connect with them and pull them down but you are leading Mm -hmm. and if you don't have confidence in that it might not work I mean, gosh, you're now getting into like my counselor heart, right? Like so, <laughs> right. See, so the much. two worlds blend, right? Right. Because um, I think one of the most healing agents is the energy and feel that you perpetuate to the people that you're trying to help and serve. And so the whole reason I started my business and called it Replenish Her was because you cannot pour from an empty pitcher of water. And so to what you're saying, if I'm really trying to soothe and calm down this person with dementia, I cannot myself be so completely empty that they are able to sense that and Mm -hmm. feel that because it's going to be 10 times harder. Right. If, If I'm not feeling soothed, how can I then give that as a gift to them? Because they can very well train to that and maybe they are already in training to you being stressed out Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean the the part of your brain that your nervous system is most wired into is that um, limbic emotional sensing part of your brain and your emotional center is the same part that accesses your five senses which is again why music is so powerful because it's one of the few things that engages all of the senses of, other than taste. I don't really know how you taste music, but <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, you, you hear it, you can see it, you can walk to it, you can feel it. You know, it's, it's a very sensory experience. Mm-hmm. And so what we're talking about too is that the energy you feel, you put out into um, – you're trying to provide for and they can sense that like that's that sensory part of your brain and so that's going to directly feed into how they're emotionally experiencing it Mm -hmm. yeah that is yeah it like you said it it marries so well together Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's just about being aware so the caregivers that are listening to this you have a tool 
Well, actually, you have two tools. You have music as a tool, and there is a lot you can do. And I'm sure, Christine, you'll oblige us with some maybe places to go get beats per minute music and a different, you know, ways to incorporate that as a new tool. But self-awareness has to be a part, be the second part of the tool. Self-awareness of how you're impacting the situation, how you can take care of yourself, and therefore be a stronger influence over the situation mm-hmm. and how those two really come together as one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. That's fantastic. Do you have a place where you can go to, to figure out beats per minute on songs? Yes. I was just Googling that as we were talking, which was why I paused because I had to give resources out all the time. Let me see. How to find beats from, I'm pretty sure it's like beatsperminute.com, but let me make sure that I'm getting that right. Yeah, it's, I think just beatsperminute.com. It's called get song B as in boy, P as in Paul, and M as in Mary.com. So get song BPM.com. So like, I'm literally going to go click in there right now. And what I can do is when you get onto this page, you can literally put in any song that you like and it will tell you what the BPM is for that song. And so a lot of the time what I do, even with my clients is have them create. So whatever you listen to Apple music, Spotify, whatever it is, you can make um, a playlist. That's a de-escalation playlist. And you can also use this principle the other way around. So Mm, if they're like lethargic and stuff or, Mm-hmm. So if you have maybe um, difficulty getting somebody awake in the morning because dementia um, has a comorbidity of depression, mm-hmm. and so maybe they're not eating because they're not awake enough or they don't have motivation and they don't feel like it. A part of my journey when I worked in patient psych was I, I also got put on a different unit that was I called my baby boomers floor because it was younger older people. So it was people in like their 60s and 70s that were not obviously anything like the dementia floor, but were struggling with anxiety and depression and didn't want to get out of bed in the morning or didn't want to come see this way over energetic music therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Really didn't want to see that. But a lot of the time my role um, in the darkest portion of their life being in an inpatient psych facility was to help instill that energy again that hope and that motivation so did you in train with a real slow song and then pull them up to a higher beat song yep every single morning i on that floor had what was called music and movement and it was the same sort of principle it was engaging the body and the mind and using their preferred music to get them moving and going so that they would go to their other therapies during the day and that they would go to lunch and they would eat lunch, you know, these basic things. But when you are in a psych hospital for a suicidal attempt or a major depression, and music is a really powerful agent in getting you going when you really don't want to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so easily easy for people who don't just, 
need music in their lives all the time to, to shut it off and, and be like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't listen to a lot of music. But we all really get drawn in by our favorite music. We just don't all push play and have it on in our lives all the time. But I don't know of anybody who isn't impacted by a song or a memory with a song that really speaks to them. And it can, you know, bring them up. It can make them tearful, a certain song. It just really pulls you, like you said, into your emotions and your senses and enlivens you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's funny, too, because I think there's also people who want to have music that's a certain beat for their their exercise, right? If you're a runner and you want music at a certain pace, that, and I'm sure it's either through the the website that you gave or I think you can download music that's a certain beat per minute. But yeah, music that really is the same heart rate that you're going or the same walking pace that you're walking or running really just, I don't know, like you said, it brings the energy outside of your body. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Well, because you're in training to it. I mean, if you think about like professional athletes, they use this principle too. Most of them have some kind of specific playlist that they listen to before a game to help get their nervous system really firing off and functioning at this faster pace so that when they get onto the field, they are performing optimally. So really, this is not just something that helps with an older adult, um, a dementia patient who is sundowning, but it's us. It's the caregiver, us incorporating into our lives. Maybe that caregiver is juggling many things, maybe is a parent or a grandparent of a young, young, a little toddler or a teenager that may benefit from it as well. So this is not, hey, mm-hmm. a tip just for one person in this family dynamic this is for everybody it is a very powerful agent in helping you regulate yourself so that you can do what you need to do so with my toddler I use this myself I get so tired of Disney princess songs all day long and so sometimes I put my playlist on on the things that is going to help de-escalate me when I've just had it with saying no 10 million times that day and I also noticed this really massive effect even on my two-year-old where it's not her preferred Disney song, but maybe she's getting overstimulated by how fast and engaging those Disney songs can be. And my favorite thing to listen to is, um, have you ever heard of Punch Brothers, but like a, it's like a bluegrass kind of folksy rock group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just, it's a, a lot of their songs are super calming. Um, <laughs> And so I'll put that on. It's funny. The I was hanging out at a friend's house, my neighbor, the other day, and she has a little two-year-old boy, and um, we were all watching Trolls, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's one of the beauty, amazing things about those movies. All those songs and Trolls were songs from, like, my generation, right? They were mm-hmm. Cindy Lauper and um, True Colors. And it's like, okay – the genius of these people making these movies that they bring in the elements that the adults will really love so they can tolerate (laughs) the kids wanting to watch them day in and day out. But I was thinking, yeah, that was music just has a way of reaching us in very magical ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been fantastic. 
And again, if you don't mind performing for us today, we would love to hear. And everybody, you know, star this episode, learn this song. It's one that will kind of just, it's like an earworm. It might get stuck in your head and it will be great because it will help you breathe. There's a specific and wonderful way to breathe that really calms you down. And we sometimes, you know, somebody might tell us, oh, breathe like this, and we may forget. But this song will help you remember how to breathe appropriately and calm yourself down. So, Christine, without further ado, teach us this breathing song. Uh, this, this is um, a, just a little breathing exercise that I wrote to a tune um, to help with all of the groups that I did on the floor. And I still use it to this day with clients that I work with individually. And so the way that you're going to do this, what I love is for those listening to kind of uh, wherever you're at, just kind of still yourself for a second. Unless you're driving um, and then wait until <laughs> so you're at a, not even a, a stoplight. It takes a little longer than that. <laughs> wait until, yeah, you're, don't, don't, wait don't until you're parked. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna close my eyes and calm myself for this exercise, yeah. and just uh, kind of focus on your legs wherever they're meeting. So maybe it's the car seat under you, um, maybe you're standing, maybe you're walking while you're listening to this, and that's totally fine too. But just kind of take notice of where your body is at and how it is feeling, where you're holding tension. And just really letting go of that tension, just giving permission for different areas of your body to just relax for a second. And as I go through this exercise, when I sing breathe in, I want you to be breathing in through your nose and really visualizing your rib cage expanding out. And then I'm going to have you hold that breath. You'll hear it in the song. And when I sing breathe out, I want you to focus on blowing that air very slowly and gently out through your mouth. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Fantastic, Christine. I put myself on mute there so people wouldn't hear me breathing in over the music. That it was beautiful, and you have a beautiful voice too. So, thank you. I really love your tools and your insight that you shared with us today. And um, I will definitely have links to Christine in the show notes so that you can connect with her. Is there? Any specific place that you would love for people to check you out and connect if they want to stay plugged in? Absolutely. So my website is replenishher.com. So that's two H's. And they can go to that website. There's a great way to just scroll down to the bottom if you have any questions for me specific to this podcast episode. If you have a need for counseling yourself or have a teen daughter that you feel could be supported, my center would love to be that for you. And you are welcome to fill out that contact form at the bottom of my website. That is fantastic. And for those of you, just so you know, Christine is here in Nashville, Tennessee. Are you all doing vi um, viral um, video uh, sessions, telehealth sessions as well? Mm -hmm. So we are offering, offering in-office sessions as well as telehealth. Uh, so we can serve um, anyone located in the state of Tennessee. And I am a huge referral partner with Christine. I don't see children so, or, you know, young teen women, and that is such a critical, critical age. And young women, I do see some young women, but really Christine's niche in that kind of adulting, teenage to young 20s, women just finding, we all know, we all remember what that was like. It's a tough time, yep. and I'm sure it's even made a lot tougher now if you have that, I've got some nieces, they're not in Tennessee, that were those 2020 seniors that are heading off to college without that closure of the end of the school year and, and with a lot of uncertainty about what things hold in store for them now, college students displaced and all of that, that's, that's a really hard time. And so I would definitely encourage you all to reach out to Christine. And if you know somebody in that situation and really, you know, just plug in with her if you want to know more about how this music therapy uh, in conjunction with counseling can really make a difference in people's lives. It's across the age spectrum as well. And as we can see, it's it's powerful tool for everybody, whether you're eight or you're 80, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Christine. I've loved our time together today. And I know that the Daughters Fire Tribe is going to love it as well. So I appreciate you. Well, thank you so much again for having me on. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey and the Fire Tribe is here to support you. 
Check us out at DaughtersOnFire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.